In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, God Almighty, who lowered himself to be our Savior and who is now living, that we may know him and walk in him. Amen. Well, we're at the halfway point through our 40-day red letter challenge where we are hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. And to help us do that, we hear the messages on the weekend in our worship services. We're reading through the red letter uh, book, the red letter challenge. And if you don't have a book yet, they're uh, still available. Uh, you can pick one up and read the daily readings. And then we get together in small groups where we're encouraging one another that we would uh, indeed put these into practice. So there have been five targets that we've been looking at. And so far we've covered being, that is to be with Jesus, to hear his word, to spend time with him. And last week we heard about forgiving, the importance of knowing that God has forgiven us and therefore we can forgive others, including ourselves. Today, we look at serving. Now, let me ask you, what do you think is the main obstacle that keeps you from serving? And I want to make a guess because I hear this answer more than any other. People tell me, well, I'm, I, I lack the time. I'm so busy. Life is so busy. It's difficult for me to serve. I hear that a lot. And by the way, I struggle with that as well. But let me just say this. I do not believe that lack of time is the main obstacle to serving. Because the truth is, we all make time for the things we truly value, don't we? Notice I didn't say we make time for the things we say we truly value. I said we make time for the things we truly value. Because we know what we ought to be valuing, and we'll even say that. Oh, I value uh, I value serving. I value my relationship with God. I value my spouse. I value my children. But when you take a look at your life, your time invested, your money, your effort, that will give you a clue as to what you truly value. So I realize that many of us, it's not that bad things get in the way, it's that good things get in the way, and we probably have to ask the Lord, what should I let go of? What are the good things I should stop doing in order to embrace the best things for my life? So what are the best things? How would you like to embrace the best things possible to live this life of discipleship and to have joy in Jesus? So what are those best things? Let me give you a hint. Red letter challenge. Yeah, five targets we've been looking at. Let's look at them again because there they are. We have being, we have forgiving, we have serving, we have giving and going. And see, these come from Jesus himself. And I will tell you that serving is such a high value to Jesus that he made it part of his personal mission statement. You heard it read in the gospel reading today where he says, even the son of man, he's referring to himself, even the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That as he came to serve, it translated into his laying down his life for sinners, for you and me, that he would die our death, that he would rise up again, give us his righteousness, and we would have the gift of eternal life. So lack of time is not the main reason. If that's the case, then let me ask, what are the main reasons that people do not serve? Let me get at that by telling you a story. It's about neighborhood kids. 
that decided they wanted to build their own clubhouse. I mean, they got serious. They invested time in this, and they put their hard effort into it. They went and probably got tools from Dad that they weren't supposed to get, but they put this together. It was only made out of cardboard boxes, okay? But to them, this clubhouse was really something. Now, here's what they knew. Even as kids, they knew if you have a clubhouse, you've got to have rules, So they really thought about this, and they came up with three rules for their clubhouse. Here it is. Number one, nobody act big. Okay? This was their territory, their domain. This is where they were going to be kids and have fun. Nobody act big. Number two, nobody act small. And number three, everybody act medium. (laughs) Actually, that's really good theology. You know that? So when it comes to serving, here's the number one thing. Nobody act big. This is for those who think it's all about me. Their pride, their ego gets in the way. And even when they do serve, and often they don't because they're so self-centered, but even when they do serve, it's in a way that makes it plain and obvious they're doing it more for themselves than they are for those that they're serving. It's almost like, Here am I, me, look at me, aren't I something? I'm helping you, poor person, who needs my help, and so I'm giving you a handout. Aren't I something? I'm pretty amazing. And so that attitude comes across, and that is not what serving is about. Now, serving is not about a handout. Serving is about a hand up. Serving is about... I will be your friend. I'll meet you where you are. Come on, let's do this together. And we'll go on this journey that God wants us to be on, this life of discipleship. And I am here with you for that. Nobody act big. Jesus truly demonstrated this. He did it uh, in the reading of John's gospel, chapter 13. This is where the disciples and Jesus were gathering for what's called the Passover meal. And this happened to be the night before Jesus was arrested and uh, put to death the very next day. And so the Passover meal is one that helped them bring to bear the reality of God's delivering power that he delivered the people of Israel out of slavery and death many years ago. And they were remembering that in their own lives. Well, the common custom back then is because the roads are uh, dusty and dirty and the pathways are dusty and people in the Middle East uh, wore sandals. By the way, they still do in the Middle East. Uh, They would come into a house and guess what? Their feet were very dusty and dirty. And so normally you had a young servant, could be a boy or a girl, but they would wash their feet before they entered into the house. Well, apparently, when the disciples and Jesus were gathering in the upper room, there was no one to wash their feet. And no one stepped up to do it. And then there's this interesting comment. If we go over to the Gospel of Luke, he records this. I find it kind of fascinating. In Luke 22, it says, A dispute also rose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. So can you imagine, I don't know if the two are related, but nobody will wash anybody's feet, and now an argument about who's more important, it begins to break out. I don't know what that looked like, I'm not sure that these two are connected, but I could imagine Peter saying, well, I'm not going to wash feet, Jesus said, I'm the rock, I mean, why would I wash your feet? And John might have said, well, I did it last time, I'm not going to do it this time, and Bartholomew, you ought to wash our feet. 
I don't know if the two are related, but I know this, that argument was going on about who is the greatest, and then here's what happened. Are you ready? It's John 13, verse 4. Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus served. Let me unpack that a little bit. Jesus, eternal God, almighty, all-knowing, perfect, pure, Jesus, who humbled himself to be birthed into this world in order to lay down his life for sinners. Jesus, teacher and rabbi, he put on an apron, he knelt down, and he washed their feet. He did it for disciples who are arguing about who's the most important. I mean, this is mind-boggling to me. And I know that it's not a practice for us in this day and age to wash our feet. It's kind of irrelevant because we have paved roads and we have paved sidewalks. And after all, we wear Gucci and Jimmy Choo shoes. You know, we don't need to have our feet washed. But I was at a wedding recently. And the couple getting married, the bride and the groom, made the decision that they would wash each other's feet. First, I thought, that's kind of weird. And then as I watched this, I have to tell you, it was very powerful. Because what they were saying through this act of humility was, I am here to serve you as my bride or as my groom. Something very powerful. Nobody act big. We are called by God to serve. The other side of it is this, nobody act small. It's interesting to me, the problem with acting big is that your focus is on yourself because you think you're so great. But do you know what the problem of acting too small is? Focus on yourself, thinking you're so awful. And it's the people who say, well, I don't know if I can serve. What if I don't know what I need to know? What if I mess it up? May, I don't have the gifts, the talents, the abilities of other people. I should let other people do this. And they take themselves out of the picture. When you need to realize the problem with, that is taking place when you think that you're too small is that you're focused on yourself. This is not about you. This is about God, God who created you, God who loves you. It's about what he has planned for you in your life. And guess what is at the heart of his plan for you? You got it, serving. That's at the heart of his plan for you. And you need to understand how God views you how he looks at you. I want you to hear this word of the Lord regarding the people of Israel just after they had been delivered out of slavery in Egypt. They were still this ragtag group of people wandering in the wilderness. They don't even understand what life ought to look like on their own. It had been over 400 years since they were a free people. And yet here's what God had to say to them. Exodus 19. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, and then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Hear that. You, 
You'll be my treasured possession. I treasure you. I look at you and I love you. I mean, these were not impressive people. But God says, I treasure you. I have chosen you. And then he goes on. He says, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A kingdom of priests. You see, a kingdom is the king's domain. And God is saying, I will be present in your life. You are my domain where I will manifest my goodness. And you become a priest. Do you know what a priest does? Builds a bridge between God and people. And then takes the needs of the people before God. And he says, you're my priest. You're my ambassadors. You are the ones that represent me in this world. And you are a holy nation. They weren't a nation yet. But God saw what he had called them to be. A holy nation. Holy here means you're set apart. I have set you apart for this purpose. I designed you. I have redeemed you. That you may live to my glory. How dare you say you're too small small when I have created you and I treasure you and I give you all that you need. We hear this in the New Testament as well. And by the way, this passage will be our memory verse for the week, so I'm going to help you get started on it. It's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. And so let's say it together. How about it? You ready? For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want you to get a hold of that. You are God's handiwork. One translation says you're his masterpiece that he made and designed and he has a purpose for you. And you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And he prepared this even before you were born. He thought about you. And he says, I have a plan for you that you would do these good deeds and, and do this for the sake of letting other people know who I am. So understand, this is not because we're so talented. It's not because we are so amazing or good-looking or so gifted. No, it's because of God. Because do you know what two verses uh, go right ahead of this verse where it talks about the fact that you're created in Christ Jesus for good works? It's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's by grace, by grace. And this is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God that no one can boast. And by grace, God says, you are my treasured possession. You are my priesthood in this world. Build the bridges. Represent me. I have set you apart for this purpose. Nothing fulfills you more than serving others. Do you know that the happiest people on the planet are people who've learned the great joy of serving others? It's just a reality and a fact. And if you really want to have joy, you know what you could do? Serve anonymously. Don't let anybody know. And it just does something to you. It's absolutely hilarious. I remember I did that for a single parent one time and uh, was in our home. And without her knowing or looking, I slipped 40 bucks into her purse. I thought, this is going to be amazing. She's going to open that purse and find 40 bucks and go, where did that come from? I thought, this is awesome. Yeah, our fulfillment comes when we serve. So 
Nobody act small. God will work through you. And then here's the last one. Everybody act medium, okay? What does that mean? I think it means be the person that God created you to be, okay? Understand that you have value no matter what. You have value to God. I brought with me a $20 bill here today. It's a nice one, actually. It's in pretty good shape. Would anybody like this $20 bill? Huh? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, good. I love it. A childlike face. She's raising her hand. I'm so proud of you. Some of you are not raising your hand. Maybe you're not raising your hand because you know, first of all, I'm a preacher and I'm cheap and I'm not going to give it to you anyway, (laughs) which by the way is true. Or maybe you're just too Lutheran. You're waiting to see, okay, what does this mean before you'll ever respond and raise your hand? Or maybe it's that, you know, 20 bucks just isn't that valuable today as it used to be. What if I held in my hands the largest denomination ever printed in the United States? Do you know what that is? They were only made for about a year, less than a year. It was a $100,000 bill. It was used primarily to have payments between nation to nation, okay, through the Federal Reserve Bank. Do you know whose picture is on a $100,000 bill? Woodrow Wilson. But only less than a year they printed these. What if I were holding a $100,000 bill and I said to you, who would like this bill? Would you raise your hand? I hope so. Why? Because it has value. But what if I took the bill and I crumpled it up? You still want it? What if I put it on the ground, stepped on it, ground the dirt on my shoe on that bill? Would you still want it? Yes, you would, because it still has value. I'm going to tell you, every day when I serve part-time over at St. Paul and Pontiac, I see crumpled, broken, dirty people. And what motivates me is that they have value before God. They are dearly loved. Many have tossed them aside and given up on them, but God has not. Matter of fact, your value is infinite. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1 that we have been redeemed not with silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of our infinite God. And I want to tell you, there are people who walk into our church. You can't tell it because you can't see it visibly, but they also are crumpled and broken and feel so dirty. I'm telling you, we need to everybody act medium. Nobody's better than anybody else. And we are here to share the gospel of Jesus and the love of God in Christ. What an amazing calling that we have. Nobody act big. Nobody act small. Everybody act medium. By the way, one of the definitions of the word medium, it, it's a means of effecting or conveying something. I like that. It's a means of conveying something. Jesus put it this way. John 13. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet, for I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. 
Jesus said in another place, it's in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the light of the world. Let me stop there a second. You are the light of the world. This isn't something we accomplish. He didn't say if you really grit your teeth and try hard and do all the right things, you'll become the light of the world. He didn't say that. He said, by the mere fact that you have turned to me as your Savior and trust in me, I have made you the light of the world. As a baptized, redeemed child of God, my light shines through you. Wow. And so we are to shine that light. But here's what happens. Let your light shine before others in such a way that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let me explain something. Many people who are far away from God, they are deaf to the message that tells them that God loves them. They just can't hear it. The gospel makes no sense to them. But what does make sense to them, what they can understand is when you do something out of care and love for them, that they understand. When you serve them, they will say to you, why are you doing this? And it's like speaking in a language they can understand in order that now we can share the love of Jesus with them. I want you to catch this. Jesus said, you let your light shine. Why? Because when you do these small acts of service, others will come to know the Heavenly Father and glorify Him. In other words, please listen. You cannot save yourself. We know that. We can't accomplish our salvation. It's all by grace. You cannot save yourself, but you can save, you can help save someone else. You can be the one that our Lord works through to open their hearts to hear the gospel. You were made for this. As a matter of fact, God has no other plan to reach his world. There is no plan B. We're it. You were made for this. Everybody act medium. Well, you might say, well, where do I start? How do I do this? Well, let me just share a couple things with you, okay? Because we started something last February. I got to speak with the men of St. John at the breakfast. Great breakfast, by the way. And uh, we talked about the Good Samaritan and doing what we can with what we had to go serve those around us. And I offered to them that how would you like to be on a list, a contact list, where you would hear about serve opportunities. It would be occasional, and it would be uh, people who are in need, maybe a single mom that needs help fixing something, or a widow, or someone else. And uh, I was going to have them sign up, but here's the thing that happened. I, I have over 50 men, by the way, on my contact list. It's really awesome, but I'll tell you how that happened. When they came into the uh, breakfast and at the table, there was a sheet. They thought it was a sign-up sheet that, uh, for attendance. It was really to sign them up and recruit them for this list. So I got them all on the list. That was pretty awesome, wasn't it? And so since February, we've had over 10 opportunities where men have stepped up. To serve. I want to show you a picture of one because these it don't have to be huge, great things. Here's one of our members who will remain incognito, but he is power washing a garage of an 88-year-old widow, all right? And uh, this was pretty awesome because this 88-year-old widow is just a dear, dear woman who happens to be a member of St. Paul in Pontiac. 
and uh, he's power washing it because that, that uh, garage was totally going to deteriorate. The paint was peeling. And then we had a team come back later to paint it, and I want you to see this. And uh, I've already asked forgiveness from Gordon Carr that I have his picture up here. I didn't ask permission for that. But uh, there we are. Those are actually, we have members from St. John and St. Stephen who painted her garage. And here's what I want to tell you. I thought when I went there that day, this was about painting a garage. But when I drove up to Jerry's house, guess what I found? There was a policeman, a fire truck, and a paramedics group that showed up at the house the same time. I thought, what is going on? And I went inside and Jerry couldn't breathe. It was a medical emergency, and I got to be there as her pastor to pray on site with insight to tell her that we are keeping you in our prayers. We're with you, and God is with you. I thought this was all about going and painting a garage. That was only an excuse that God used to get me where he wanted me to convey his love. Isn't that amazing? And when you serve, you're going to find the same thing. You're going to see God show up in ways that you never dreamed. Well, let me go to the next one because this is another simple way. Oh, by the way, if you want to be on the contact list, we're going to open it up to women as well. And I'm going to do that in a couple weeks. It'll be online. We're going to call it Compassionate Service. It's not there yet, so don't go there yet. It'll be a couple weeks. Give me a couple weeks, would you? We have something real big we're doing this next week. And then you'll be able to be on there too. Men and women, you'll get an occasional email and you can be part of serving. This is the next one. It's a Brooksy Way team and they stepped up at last minute. I'm sorry that they're uh, hard to see. I think they're probably in the um, identity protection program. But anyway, they were serving and giving out water at the uh, Brooksy Way Run. You go, well, that doesn't sound very significant. I go, really? Do you know Jesus told a parable that at the end of all time when he gathers the nations before him, one of the things that he pays attention to is this. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Don't tell me it's insignificant, whatever we do in the name of Jesus for others. And so what we have coming up is Feed My Starving Children, and so we're excited about that. I want you to see some of the pictures from last year, those that worked. And by the way, that's humility, isn't it? Put on those hats and let us take your picture and promote it. I, I, I praise God for that. And so we're going to be packing meals to give to starving children around the world. And that happens this week. We have a setup on Thursday night from 4 to 6 p.m. We need a setup team. On Friday, our school children are going to participate in this and pack meals. And by the way, we need parents to come alongside because if you're in second grade or younger, you need an adult to assist to make sure you're doing it properly. And so we need a parents to sign up as well. And then on Friday night from 6 to 8, p.m. we have a team and on Saturday morning from 9 to 11 and then we have a cleanup team at 11 o'clock. You are needed because guess what? We're packing 100,000 meals to send to children around the world. You may look at the meal and you say, well, this isn't very impressive. You tell that to a mother who's watching her child deal with malnutrition to a child who is hungry. I'm going to tell you, it has huge significance. Over 100,000 meals. Will you be part of that? You can sign up online. We have clipboards in Luther Hall or down in the atrium. We want you to be a part of this. You see, Jesus invites us to the greatest opportunity 
that is his treasured possession, we would be able to be the medium, the means, the light that shines, that others may come to know his love. How about it? Let's not only hear the words of Jesus, let's put them into practice. And by God's grace, let's serve more than ever before we bow our heads. Lord, indeed, as we gather today, we are humbled by your love. It is unfathomable to us that you, though being God, you did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but that you emptied yourself, taking on human flesh, and you humbled yourself to die a death, not just any death, but the most cruel and horrible death. And you did that because you were willing to carry our sin and pay the debt of judgment we deserve. And for that reason, as you rose up from the dead, your name is above every other name. And now you invite us to follow you and to serve others. Lord, would you lead us to do that? Not only in the special events, but also in the day-to-day -day living. God grant it, for Jesus' sake, amen.